Welcome to day 134 of Rockcliffe's 365 Days of the Bible. Today I want to share a highlight from our readings, which can be found in 2 Samuel chapter 13 through 15, with a focus on chapter 13, 3 through 5. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shema, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very crafty man, and he said to him, O oh, son of the king, why are you so haggard morning after morning? Will you not tell me? And Abnam said to him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. And Jonadab said to him, Lay down on your bed and pretend to be ill. And when your father comes to see you, say to him, Let my sister come and give me bread to eat, and prepare the food in my sight, that I might see it and eat it from her hand. Now before we jump into kind of the breakdown of what's happening here, I want to let you know that if you've got young kids in the room listening, uh, best to excuse them or put this on pause until they're not around because we're going to be dealing with some pretty uh, graphic topics and I want to deal with it appropriately and, and directly. Okay, so the essence of this verse is you've got a man who is deeply tormented by his, we're told in verses 1 and 2, love for his sister, but how he knew he couldn't do anything with or to her because she was a virgin and there were certain rights that they had to go to and through. And Jonadab, uh, Amnon's brother, not brother, friend, essentially helps conceive a plan that he can try and forcefully uh, sleep with her. In other words, rape her. And he conceives the idea and he gives it to him. And Abnum does it. He pretends to be sick. He gets Tamar to come in and serve him and then he tries to force himself on her and she says no 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 there's a proper way to do this marry me you know ask the king and he'll he'll give you to me in marriage but don't do this vile thing and we're told that he overpowers her and then sends her away and we're also told that after the act the hatred in his heart for her grows larger than the love that he once had and there's so much we could break down This is a vile, disgusting deed. This is wrong. There's no two ways about it. And it's in scripture because we're supposed to see, one, how vile and wrong it is. And two, the destruction that lies in its wake. Tamar, we're told, uh, lives in her brother's house all the days of her life and that she's she's destitute because of it. She's she's so heartbroken and, and she doesn't recover well from it because of what her half-brother's done, and it it is atrocious. But what really stuck out to me in this horrific story was that there was a friend, Jonadab, who intentionally enabled, saw his friend's, uh, I guess, languish, languish, I don't know, saw that and decided, hey, I'm going to help you. But rather than call him to something higher and say, hey, why don't we go about this the right way? Why don't we sit down and you can approach your brother and the king and you can make a petition. You can court her. But instead, he goes, hey, I know how we can solve your itch real quick. And he enables and gives him an idea that he goes with. If Jonadab wasn't in this story, uh, I think that Amnon would have just probably lamented and been tortured in his soul about his lustful desires. But we have a wicked friend who enables him to be his worst self. And this act 
this vile act um, snowballs into the infighting and the and the the murder that takes place between David and his sons, and it gets really bad. But it made me think about the importance of who we gather around us. Who are we drawing around us? Is it friends who call us up, who call us higher, or is it people who enable us to be our worst selves? Who we gather in our lives matters. Who we associate with closest matters. Who we let speak into us matters. And what we have here is a sinful action that was enabled. When you have really good friends, they call you higher. You come to them with a bad idea and rather than go, hey, let's go and do that, they say, hey, what if we decided to live better than our worst ideas? I remember when I was in high school, I had two good friends, Paul and Julie. Now, neither one of them would profess to be believers. I don't know where they are now in that regard. But during high school, they knew that I didn't want to take part in the party life or anything like that. And so often, when parties were happening, they would find things that we could all do together so we could hang out. And that was nice. Now, every once in a while, we get invited to something that seemed like an innocent gathering and then turned pretty uh, vile pretty quick. And I remember thinking how fortunate I was because whenever that happened, those two had my back. They knew who I wanted to be. And so they would watch out for me. They would uh, block people's bad plans or bad intentions. And sometimes they would just straight up go, hey, Mike, you probably wouldn't be aware of this because you're really trusting and naive, but this person doesn't have your best interests at heart. And they they wouldn't just call me higher. They would actually guard my integrity with me. And that was a, a amazing blessing. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Are they calling you higher? Are they walking with you? That's what we need to strive for. Pray to God. Or I used to pray every time I moved, God, give me one good friend that will you know, keep the faith with me or help me endure hardships. And every time God was faithful to answer that prayer. May you be encouraged by the word and built up in the spirit. Join us tomorrow for another highlight. And until then, be blessed.